before dawn, milk cows work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And well, we got Ukraine coming to town uh, soon. Uh, Zelensky is going to be coming into D.C. to ask for ask you. He wants you to pay him twenty four billion dollars so that he could create a lot, a little bit more green screen technology and. And produce false flag attacks. It says here the National Pulse, uh, the NationalPulse.com, Ukrainian bombed its own civilians, blamed Russia, and the media blindly followed. All right, so that doesn't sound surprising to me. A missile strike on the city of, we're just going to say that it begins with a K. Ends with an A. Kostyantinyaka in eastern Ukraine in September on September 6th killed at least 15 civilians and injured 30 others. The missile struck a market causing extensive damage to windows and walls. President Zelensky quickly blamed Russia terrorists for the attack, but evidence collected and analyzed by the New York Times suggests that the strike was actually caused by an errant Ukrainian air defense missile fixed fired by a bulk launch system. The missile appears to have veered off course with Ukrainian authorities now claiming they are investigating the incident. Witnesses accounts, witness accounts and evidence, including missile fragments, satellite imagery and social media posts indicate that the missile that hit the market came from Ukraine held territory, not from behind Russian lines. Security camera footage shows four pedestrians turning their heads toward the incoming missile, facing the camera and the direction of the Ukrainian-held territory. The missile's reflection is also visible as it passes over two parked cars. So, they got them dead to rights. And there's some other headlines here. It says, despite obvious evidence to the contrary, Zelensky... 
weaponized this catastrophic event carried out by the Ukrainian army to blame Russia. So many instances where this has occurred, fake allegations of genocide, targeting schools and hospitals. What else is um, Zelensky lying about? What else? And this is the New York Times, folks. So, you know, for those of you that might be liberals that are listening to this show, um, just do your own research for a change and get your facts straight. Uh, they don't care where they hit. Ukrainians react to Russia missile attack on market. That was the uh, Radio Free Europe, Radio Liberty. Wow. So, of course, it's a very liberal outfit. Evidence suggests Ukrainian missiles caused market tragedy. Okay, so the New York Times finally got it right. Then we have another story uh, where there is a $900 billion F-35 that went missing. And the pilot ejected there for a long time. They were trying to figure out where this plane may have gone, and they finally found it. So I was thinking that maybe they called up China and asked them if China found it. You know, the uh, trans-friendly uh, LGBTQ Pentagon and the Department of Defense and the uh, the homosexual-friendly um woke joint chiefs of staff got their heads together and figured out where the plane fell. It's sad that we're living in a banana republic right now called the United States of America where this sort of thing happens, where it goes. Literally, this was uh, posted yesterday at 1.48 p.m., Colin Rugg says, just in, the U.S. military has set up a missing jet hotline after an F-35 went missing. $900 billion for our national defense um, budget. But they need you and me to find a jet. Search is on now for the missing F-35. They don't know where it is and are asking the public for help. Publicly available flight data shows sled fl- uh, sled flying flying over Lake Mutri near Charleston. Now they know where every J six person is. They know where every every one of you that went to J six. They know where you are. They'll break your door down and throw you in jail and lock you up and throw away the key. But they can't find a jet. They finally found it. It's embarrassing. And, you know, Eric Adams was in the news whining and complaining about, you know, the, uh, all the, um, well, he's whining and complaining about the illegals going to New York City because he can't handle 10,000 of them, but tens of thousands are coming every week to Texas. No one gives two hoots about it. In fact, they're rolling out the red carpet for them. We have a few reports on that. So there's a really funny meme. It says, I love memes. Memes are fun. And there's a picture of Forrest Forrest Gump. And he says, and just like that, New York City don't want to be a sanctuary city no more. 
That's pretty funny. Yeah, and just like that. Hey, do you remember when the Democrats and rhinos in the House were arguing we didn't have $5 billion to build the wall? Yet now we have $700 billion to give to another to other countries? In case you haven't figured it out, this is Money Laundering 101. Every time we start a war, like Russell Brand said, every time we start a war, every time we start a pandemic, every time we start an energy crisis, someone benefits, and it's definitely not you. Somebody pays, like you paid for Pfizer's drugs, and Pfizer then took your money and gave it to the media outlets in the form of ad dollars, and they took your money and paid handsomely to the World Economic Forum to push a radical agenda to groom and and promote and donate to and finance political officials at every level, from the DA's office to the judge's office to the city council's office to the state uh, legislature on up to the U.S. Congress and the Senate and the presidency and all this dark money. And I'm telling you it's dark money is all being perpetrated by the Democrats, the Sam Brankman Freeds of the world, the get off on what they did. They were taking, using FTX. Remember Sam Bankman Freed using FTX? He's never going to go to jail. Billions of dollars. The world donated to Ukraine in digital currency. Billions of dollars. And they literally used FTX to steal that money that the world donated, thinking they were going to help Ukrainians. And instead, they financed globalist politicians because the Ukraine war is all about globalism. Ukraine is a globalist state. They're a puppet country. They're a laundering center. And all the countries that are partnered with them in this scheme, whether it's Montenegro or um, Latvia and Lithuania and all these other countries, Cyprus, all the way down into the Middle East, it's oil for guns, it's, it's uh, drugs for, uh, drugs for uh, human trafficking and slave labor. It's about creating crises and chaos in order to get the refugees to come to your country and work for half the wage. It's what Open Borders is all about. So we have these Open Borders. We can't afford a wall, but a wall would work. This is insane. A real estate developer has created a third world city right here in Texas for thousands of illegal aliens, says Christian Collins from Texas. This is a Texas political politician. So he's a Texas politician, and this is what he says. A real estate developer has created a third, and there's a helicopter showing all of this, these acres of land. Probably making a smart city, just like they're doing in uh, La Jolla, Maui. So Daily Wire says 
they flew a helicopter over Colony Ridge, Texas, which is 40 miles north of Houston, nearly the size of Washington, D.C., and home to 75,000 people. The developer, Trey Harris, gives illegals direct home loans so they don't need social security numbers. It is also full of gang activity and has become a strategic hub for the Gulf and Sinala cartels. The report also says its population could soon reach 200,000 people. Texas Republicans must shut this down immediately. And I said, the new slum for illegals outside of Houston will turn out 100% Democrat votes with assistance from liberal ballot harvesters and mail-in voting drop boxes. Open borders has always been about turning Texas blue, financed by corporate partners who benefit from illegal cheap labor. I mean, it's just that simple, right? And uh, and here uh, is a good example of this. I'm just doing a quick search on this. Yeah, it's 41 seconds. I'm going to play this for you. This is what was said in like 2008 or 9 or 10. I forget exactly when. But here is... Uh, the Castro brothers say, say the demographics are changing and the demographics alone will make that uh, it won't be so uh, so Republican next time yeah. around. In a couple of presidential cycles, you'll be on election night. You'll be announcing that we're calling the 38 electoral votes of Texas for the Democratic nominee for president. It's changing. It's going to become a purple state and then a blue state because of the demographics, because of the population growth of folks from outside of Texas. Oh, no, I think that's right. But it's not going to happen on its own. The demographics are changing, but it's going to take a lot of work uh, from Democrats to lay the infrastructure for change. So we're very busy working on that now. (laughs) See, this has been planned for decades. Just look at Georgia. Just ask Georgians how, how it feels to be overrun by a bunch of illegals. What do you get when you have that kind of election fraud and manipulation? What do you get? And why are the Republicans not doing it? I'll tell you why the Republicans are not doing anything. They're not doing anything because this is a two-pronged thing. Just like I said, it's not just about, you know, mail-in voting, abandoning signature verification, setting up drop boxes, giving the ballot harvesters 30 days to drop it all off. Um anonymously and turn all those illegal illegals who are not voting but they are getting a ballot and a ballot harvester is then picking it up this is why you have uh, like 239 counties with more registered voters than 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 citizens that are eligible to vote how how do you get that number and so what happens is corporations the Googles of the world, the, the big tech companies, all the money, all these BlackRock-owned companies that are pushing DEI and ESG are also financing people like Kevin McCarthy and, you know, all, the, all of his cronies and, and pushing Ron and McDaniel. 
she's not good for the RNC, but the money that's going into her is greasing her palms to be a loser. They're paying her to lose. This is what they're doing. They're paying her to be a dummy. Nobody can be that dumb as Ronna McDaniel is or that corrupt without a lot of money. So, you know, the McRhinos, Mitch McConnell, you know, he's got this shipping company with his wife, Elaine Chow, Foremost Group, it's called. They benefit from Chinese exports, imports, and the shipping that goes with it, the international shipping. So they're going to do whatever it takes. And and this is the thing. I mean, we just have to have a have. We don't have a a government that is willing to correct uh, or uh, fix and repair the the corruption. There's no willingness there because everybody is on the take, and the globalists are the the money source because it's BlackRock and it's Vanguard and it's State Street. And it's all these multinational corporations. If you looked at the U.S. Open, all of the uh, sponsors were, you know, globalists. So no wonder they uh, banned Djokovic from not playing in in the uh, tennis tournaments there for a while because he wasn't getting the vaccine, right? It was all political. And, you know... What you end up with are crazy monsters like Jane Goodall. She's 90 years old, 89 right now. And she she's already lived a full life. And now she wants people to die. But she says it with a nice smile, a gentle touch. But she wants to depopulate the world. And she wants you to stop consuming so much. After she's consumed for 90 years... It reminds me of the soccer team and Megan Rapino. All of a sudden, she she started and became a millionaire because she was a celebrity soccer player that sucked. And then you turn around, and now she wants to have trans on the women's team. She wouldn't have started. She would have. She would have never been a celebrity. She would have never had that voice if trans dudes were playing on the women's soccer team. She would have never started. She would have never gotten the spotlight, the opportunity to even speak in front of a mic. I mean, she was nothing but a freak show. And yet, all of a sudden, she gets a voice, and now that she's retired... She's going to say, ruin it for the rest of uh, women. And she says this in the name of women. As if she's there to advocate and help women. Like the women's movement, like Gloria, Gloria Steinem, um, you know, was pushing a radical women's lib agenda, but it wasn't really great for women and certainly wasn't great for children. But it was great for the groomers who wanted your children to go to school at an earlier age to groom them and condition them. And we're seeing it on steroids right now with transgender storytelling and all the crazy books they have that are sexually based. Well, here's Jane Goodall, real innocent 
beautiful, and she's one of the most, one of the most beautiful women in the world in the '60s. And she was in the safari and stuff. Everybody, you know, she was like sort of like the uh, the uh, um, Greta Thunberg of her time, but an older version of Greta Thunberg. My name is Jane Goodall. My age is eighty. My job is so she she said this ten nine years ago because she is eighty nine years old right now. Um, so she said this she did this when she was eighty. So this has been for at least a decade. She's been advocating for population control, depopulation, and working feverishly on pushing this globalist agenda. My name is Jane Goodall. My age is 80. My job is giving people hope. If I'm allowed to change a few things, uh, if I just have this magic power, I would like to, without causing any pain or suffering, reduce the number of people on the planet because there's too many of us. It's a planet of finite resources and we're using them up. But what I really, really, really would love to change is the unsustainable lifestyle of everybody else. We just greedy. We're just greedy. We just consume too much. Uh, I'm, uh, my consuming days are consumption days are over. I just sort of sit in a rocking chair and and uh, you know and give lectures. I don't consume much anymore. I have everything I need. Wow, it's just the hubris, right? The arrogance, the elitism. She's like every other college professor. This is a good clip since Joe is bringing it up. Uh, Morning Joe, that is, uh, making fun of the Southern accents. Watch Representative Scott Perry, who is the chairman of the Freedom Caucus, address the question of Joe Biden's impeachment, if it's political revenge or not. Let's take a listen. They think it's political revenge. It's because you don't report on it. Yes, ma'am. First off, what actual evidence do you have as opposed to allegations to show to the American public that would merit an actual impeachment inquiry of Joe Biden and prove that today isn't just about some of you... Oh, I don't know. McCarthy for the sake of enacting political revenge... Uh, this isn't about political revenge. We have the bank accounts. We can see, ma'am, you can see that the homes that the Bidens own can't be afforded on a, on a congressional or Senate salary. You also understand that it's not normal for family members to receive millions of dollars from overseas interests. Those things aren't normal. That's not normal to have 20 shell, shell country, companies. These things are not normal, and it alludes to not only just widespread corruption, but money laundering, if not influence peddling itself. And we also have the president, the vice president at the time, on record saying that the prosecutor was fired. Well, son of a bitch. The prosecutor was fired, right? Because the prosecutor was going after the, the company that his son was working on. That's what we have. If you can't see that, if you are, if you are that blunt, look, I'll turn it over to the attorneys. People can't see that. They think it's political revenge. It's because you don't report on it. We're reporting on it today. I'm not sure how you know what the American people think, but here's what they might wonder. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's absolutely stunning that the media doesn't want the truth that, to come out. I mean, it's just stunning. It's right there in front of them. It just gives you a whole new look 
on what Woodward and Bernstein and all the president's men was all about to begin with. When I was young, I saw that movie, made me want to be a journalist. I thought, wow, I want to be like Woodward and Bernstein. This was before I knew what lunatic left-wing nut jobs they were. My goodness. And how corrupt the media was. And how biased everything was. And what a hit job Watergate was. And it was from perpetrated from the left. So I have two movie clips that are kind of interesting. And uh, I have some other clips that are just kind of things I, I think are worth listening to. But this is one I was just watching um, Wall Street, Money Never Sleeps. I, I only got through half of it and then I fell asleep or something. But in any case, I remember this clip and I said, I'm going to play this clip on the, on the show because this is very much in line. This is the second Wall Street that came out in like 2011. And they were talking basically about the 2008 housing crisis and stuff like that. Gordon Gecko just got out of jail. And, you know, and so fast forward a few years. Um, and he's given this speech. And he calls it Ninja. No, no income, no job, um, no assets. And it just made me think, that's exactly what Klaus Schwab is all about. You'll own nothing and be happy. And I thought, hmm, yeah, that was ahead of his time. Let's take a listen. Because everybody's drinking the same Kool-Aid. Yeah, everybody is. Let's see. You're all pretty much fucked. No, I'm sorry. You know what? <laughs> that was the only curse word in the whole thing, and I, I didn't clip that right. But here we go. This is where it was supposed to start. Sorry about that. You don't know it yet, but um, you're the ninja generation. No income, no job, no assets. You got a lot to look forward to. Uh, someone reminded me the other evening that I once said, greed is good. Now it seems it's legal. But folks, you know, it's greed that makes my bartender buy three houses he can't afford with, with no money down. And it's uh, greed that makes uh, your parents uh, refinance their $200,000 house for two fifty, And then they take that extra fifty, and they go down to the mall. And they buy a uh, plasma TV, uh, cell phones, computers, uh, an SUV, and hey, why not a second home while we're at it? Because gee whiz. I mean, we all know the prices of houses in America always go up, right? And it's greed that makes the government in this country cut the interest rates to 1% after 9-11. So we could all go shopping again. They got all these fancy names for trillions of dollars of credits. CMOs, CDOs, SIVs, ABSs. You know, I honestly think there's maybe only 75 people in the world who know what they are. It's kind of interesting, but the ninja part is the part that I really took away from that. And I thought of, I instantly thought of Klaus Schwab on that. So that was the that was really the my takeaway. There were some other valuable components to that. Now this is on um I don't know this. This is from nineteen ninety four. 
And this was a joke set, and I'm um, drawing a blank. Oh, yeah, Rob Schneider, who is, uh, you know, he kind of predicted Dylan Mulvaney, right? But this was um, the show he was on in 1994. It was stupid comedy. I, I never really used to watch it. But let's just take a listen to, we're going to listen to half of this three-minute clip. I bet that's her. Oh. This is a new roommate. And this is going to be Rob Schneider, who considers himself to be a girl. Hi. I'm your new roommate, Jennifer Kenton. <laughs> Pleased to meet you. Uh, hi. I'm Nancy. I'm Lisa. Laura. Hi, Nancy. Lisa. Laura. How are you? I'm really looking forward to rooming with you this year. It'll be fun. I can tell already. Great. So, what do you say we all take a shower? No. It's pretty hot out. No, That's thanks. okay, That's right. thanks, okay. though. Suit yourselves. I'll just unpack. So, uh, Jennifer? Yep? Are you sure that you have the right room? Sure, I'm sure. Wentworth Hall, room 106. Say, I've got some clean towels here. I'll just go ahead and put them in the bathroom. Just in case anyone wants to take a shower. I'm telling you, I, I could swear that's a guy. Yeah, I thought we were supposed to have single sex rooms. The shower works, in case anyone was wondering. <laughs> Hi, girlfriends. I'll just keep unpacking. All right, so it goes on. But it's as stupid today as it was stupid then, right? It's a stupid comedy. Yet this is becoming our worst nightmare. This is becoming like reality in the world in 2023. It's it's just unbelievable. In 1994, this was a joke. In 2023, you're a bigot if you laugh at that. This is... This is the radical left. All right, we got a clip um, from Byron Donalds. Ask witnesses point blank if China is paying American law firms to sue the government. Let's see. The New York Times has reported on this. The Hill has reported on this. That most dark money, whether you want to talk about the court or politics or whatever the case might be, actually comes from the political left and the Democrat Party. And it's not been written about in the pages of the, uh, the New York Post. That comes actually from publications that typically lean left in the United States. Um, real quick, Mr. Chairman, I, I want to actually kind of change speeds a little bit in some of what we've been discussing and do talk about some uh, potentials uh, that may exist affecting our, our judicial system. Um, this is really for all the witnesses. Are you aware of any specific examples or instances of the Chinese government paying American law firms to sue for certain causes that would actually embolden the CCP's policy here in the United States? Anybody? Congressman, thank you for the question. I am not. However, the reason for that primarily is because we don't have access to third-party litigation funding agreements. We don't know in many cases um, who's funding these litigations, and that's why transparency, disclosure, regulation around this industry is so very important. Okay. Thank you for that. Um, quick question on follow-up on that one. Um, is, do you guys believe 
that third-party litigation has the potential to discourage and hamper American innovation? Absolutely. I would look at the Gulf of Mexico as one of the most premier innovative energy hubs in the world. We're, de we're ready to deploy carbon capture and storage. We're ready to invest in hydrogen, uh, offshore wind, oil and gas. We can do it all. But every one of those forms of energy, whether it's oil and gas, wind, carbon capture and storage, is subject to litigation, and that threatens the ability of the U.S. to be the leader when it comes to deploying and advancing new technologies, and it sends that overseas. Our companies are doing it, they're ready to do it, and they want to keep doing it, but the court system holds it up. All right, look, let's, let's, let's build off that a little bit, because one of the main topics when you're talking about some of the renewal, renewable energy uh, uh, sources is also deals into critical minerals, and rare earth minerals are part of that. We know that China basically controls Green, the green tech supply chain, um, no matter how we want to talk about it here in the United States, those are the facts. Um, do you believe that China is a vital linchpin in the solar and wind supply chain in the United States? Yes. Thank you for that question. Right now, the vast majority of our renewable energy technologies come from China, mm -hmm. and we have very limited manufacturing capability in the U.S. I'm proud to say our state has one and soon to be a second solar panel manufacturer, but a lot of their materials are still coming from China, and I hope we can be honest about that and think about how we change that situation. If we took China out of the supply chain equation, can the United States currently build an offshore wind farm? Mr. Miloto. Sorry, we're, we're, we're moving in a direction of being able to do more and more of that in the U.S., I think wind farms are a mistake anyway. Um, I think we just got to get back to fossil fuels and energy independence. But that's me. And uh, I thought that Donald Trump, we played a clip yesterday. Donald Trump in his interview with Meet the Press basically said the w way you actually control the Ukrainian-Russian conflict is by you know being energy independent and preventing them from... Uh, ever launching the Nord Stream 2, uh, which Biden uh, agreed they could build and then blew it up. But um, the thing is about that is, is that by the United States uh, basically decreasing demand and pressure on OPEC and Russian oil by being energy independent, it lowers the price of oil everywhere. And maybe the oil companies don't like that policy. Maybe they like it when oil is a, a precious commodity and the price per barrel is over $100. So Russia certainly benefited from that and they were empowered by it. And so the argument that Trump made was energy independence was one of the biggest threats to Russia financially. All right, this is a uh, different uh, subject. We got two Patrick Bet David clips, and I wanted to share these with you. I heard them over the weekend, and uh, I, I really wanted to just play them and then talk about them. Um, one is the one we started at the end of the show yesterday which was re with regard to Candace Owens and how she was basically saying, F Ukraine. 
And she doesn't use the curse word, so that's good. Um, and here we go. But that you understand is what people are actually feeling. And, you know, I'm very much a person that from the very beginning has said, F Ukraine. You know, I stand on that. And I, I would have said it if I was in the debate stage. Like, I would have let them all do their little pitch and the cries Why? and the tears. Because how this gets into the why if ukraine is what i yeah ask why because rich because rich men north of richmond you know what i mean that because richmond north of richmond because people literally can't put food on the table you've stopped people from working in america uh the average person is struggling to even be able to afford gas groceries uh you have people that are dealing with an influx of crime and illegal immigration in their cities people whose daughters and kids are being raped and killed at Woman that was horrifically killed in Arizona going on a run by an illegal immigrant. All of this is happening in our country right here. Because if you told me as a mother that I need to care more about what's happening in the neighbor's house while my kids were suffering in my house, I would look at you and tell you you were crazy, obviously. Of yeah. course, I'm going to take care of my own house first. And if I have something af- after my house is in perfect order, mm-hmm. right? And then you say to me, hey, they need help. That's that's just common sense. But if my house is in complete chaos and my kids can't eat and my kids are struggling, how dare you tell me that it's wrong to want to care for my own first? And that's exactly what the American foreign policy is amongst the elites. But Candace, our house has never been in perfect order, as you know this in America. So how do you grapple with the fact that when do we get involved? Like if China, we shouldn't. If anything, anywhere, like non interventionist. So China attacks Taiwan, you're good with it. I'm, I'm what, what kind of like foreign policy do you think we should even have? Zero whatsoever in the world? At all, everything that we're doing in the world right now is we're suffering from not being able to mind our own business. This idea, uh, you know, post World War II in inter, uh, regarding international liberalism, that it was our, now we must spread our ideas everywhere and everybody must accept them. Maybe people don't want to live like Americans want to live. Have we ever thought mm-hmm. of that? Like maybe people in Iraq and Iran actually are not interested in the way that we live. Maybe people in Saudi Arabia are not interested in the way that Californians live. And by the way, if you're looking at what's going on in California and LA? Does it seem like maybe people should be embracing American values and principles at this moment? Like if, if you could if you could buy them and purchase them right now as another country, you probably would be wanting to go the other way. Hence mm-hmm. Uganda and the laws that they're putting in place trying to keep this LGBTQ agenda that Americans are funding all across the world. Why are we funding that? Why are we funding saying that girls in, in Pakistan need to learn <laughs> about transgenderism? This is the, mm-hmm. the foolishness that our tax dollars are going toward. Those are some really excellent points I thought that she made there. And, uh, you know, we do this stuff. Um, that's why we got uh, at the top of the embassies, we got the Black Lives Matter, uh, which is a political Marxist liberal funding group um, for political candidates on the left. And our State Department is using your conservative tax dollars to finance that flag and hire that guy, whoever it is, uh, that State Department official, to hoist the flag up and put it right beside the American flag as if that's something that we stand for. Of course, it's ridiculous. And and now they've combined it. They've combined forces. It's no longer just, well, the Black Lives Matter had just a fist. Resist. And then trans came out with, uh, you know, they, they hired, probably spent a million dollars on a graphics designer to develop their flag. And then someone came together and put a rainbow and a trans and a Black Lives Matter all in one flag. And then Joe Biden puts it right in the center of the White House. And it's insane. You know, it's just absolutely absurd that uh, conservatives put up with this because they should be outraged that it's a political action group that's being financed and funded 
by all taxpayers. And that's not fair to conservatives because we're arming our enemy to help them carry out their message and win elections. It's absolutely absurd that that they get away with it. They've done it with Planned Parenthood and all kinds of things, using the entire tax base to finance a liberal agenda. And then that liberal group, whether it's the teachers union or Planned Parenthood, turns around and you look at their donations to political candidates, it goes right back into the pockets of these politicians. I remember um, uh, Igor Pasternak was putting up these uh, cargo blimps and uh, he was being greenlit by Adam Schiff and Nancy Pelosi and Ted Lieu to put up a shell company. He was doing shell companies. He had a mansion in D.C. He had a beautiful house in, in California. He had this office with no employees. I looked it up. And yet he was somehow masterminding this uh, blimp cargo system. Got paid tens of millions of dollars through de- de- defense funding. And national security funding. And they just gave him a blank check. They just kept approving funds. And he would hold political fundraisers in D.C. For Nancy Pelosi, Adam Schiff, Ted Lieu. You know, Eric Swallowswell. And the whole group. I mean, I'm telling you, this fraud has to stop. And it's because the media only looks one way. That corruption, and it's the Department of Justice is a two-tiered system. It's the only reason. So, here we go. This is another great example, uh, another good question. This 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 question is a very good question that Patrick Bet David asked about. The, he made a really great point about this, and this is a um, this is a. Well, just listen, and then we're going to talk about it. So if you have to choose which of the two things to put in school, and you have to have one of them, which one will it be? You ready for this technical question? Yeah. Would you rather have your kids have to learn about God and pray every morning and to pledge allegiance to the flag, but they don't get LGBTQ learning, you know, all the different sexes and all that stuff, or would you take God out of school and add They have to learn about what it is to be gay, lesbian, bisexual, queer, trans, and they have to know at an early age because it's part of us being free and not being discriminatory. Which of those two would you want your kids to learn about? And you have to give up the other one. I feel like there has to be a balance because you don't want to be oppressive or let's say your 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 kid is gay you don't want them to feel like they can't be accepted and they can't be themselves but at the same time there's got to be some sort of you got to pick one of them you got to pick one Uh, of them come on i don't know man i i don't so that's a problem but that's a problem yeah and and the reason why that's a problem is the following thing um are you gay me no no (laughs) what do i what do i need to do to convert i'm listening what do i need to do to convert you into being gay I don't think you you can. You don't think I could convert you to being gay? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Uh, who converted you into getting a real estate license? I did. Who influenced you, though? How did you learn about real estate? Saw a TV commercial for a million-dollar listing. Perfect. And that kind of so, got in my mind. And yeah. you were influenced to be a realtor. 
You weren't born with wanting to be a realtor. Correct. Bingo. Yeah. Did you get it? I mean, Did you get it? Did you all get it? <laughs> Come on. That was a doozy. I thought that was great. Bingo. Right there. So it's learned. Grooming is effective. That's why we have commercials, folks. Man, I thought that was a brilliant, brilliant setup and point made. Let me explain to you what I mean by this. Sure, please. So, stats came out that shows which generation is the gayest generation of all. That's part of the LGBTQ community. I've been talking about this for months. Do you think you care months. more about what I think at this age or when you were 14 years old? Definitely 14. No problem. Me too, right? So... Do you think it's easier to convert you in a way of thinking at 14 or 33? 14. Of course. Right. right? Okay. I became a Christian because somebody talked to me about it. I got into insurance because somebody influenced me to get into insurance. Okay. I got into bodybuilding because I was influenced by Arnold Schwartz. I went to Santa Monica Community College because I was influenced because that's where Arnold went. Influence. Somebody influenced you, right? Mm-hmm. Four generations. Five generations. Traditionalist. You got the boomers, millennials, Gen X, and you got Gen Z. You ready? Traditionalist, 0.8% of our gay. 0.8% of traditionalists are gay. By the way, folks, I read this to you a few months ago. Traditionalists, boomers, and the percentages that go on up the scale, and now the current generation is like 30% or so. Let's take a listen. Boomers, 2.6%. Then you go to 5%. Then you go to 10%. You know what percentage of Gen Z identifies as LGBTQ? 21%. Mm. 21%. So who do you think cares less about what you and I think? Traditionalists or Gen Zs? Traditionalists. You think if you and I are 70 years old and we're gay, do you really think you and I care about what other people think? What do you think? No. You're coming out. You ever seen a grandma or grandfather drop F-bombs and it's like... Get your butt out of my... Because that... You know, listen, I'm yeah. 10 years away from living and dying. Like, I don't give a shit what you think about me. But if 21% of Gen Z is gay, they're being influenced just like you were influenced to be a realtor, just like I was influenced to go into SMC. Influence. That's a problem. So the fact... Yeah, there it is, though. You get the point. And, uh, and so we, we, have to, we have to be very concerned about what we're doing to our kids. And again, it goes back to that whole kindergarten, a garden of children. You know, kindergarten was really, you know, something that was absolutely necessary when dual incomes were became a required part of a household operation. And that happened as a result of inflation that was caused by the women's lib movement. When women decided that they wanted to go to the work, and that's great, they did. But who's going to le- who's going to be at home rearing the children? So then that created an incentive for children to go to school at an earlier age, like five, and nursing homes, so that other people who get their liberal arts educations can groom your children, raise your children, teach your children. And 
decades and decades later, 50 years, here we are. Look at the mess we're in. All right, Ken Paxton. This is, uh, uh, I wanted to touch upon this because Ken Paxton was acquitted. Um, Ken Paxton was railroaded. This is a summary clip of the closing arguments by Busby, his uh, attorney. Let's take a listen. Can you imagine if we were in any criminal court in the United States that this case would not have already been dismissed based on what we've heard from this witness stand? This case would not even, we would not be in final argument. This case would be over, but this is not a criminal trial. This is a political trial. I would suggest to you this is a political witch hunt. I would suggest to you that this has, this trial has displayed for the country to see a partisan fight within the Republican Party. Let's just call it for what it is. That's what we're seeing here. It's being played out on TVs across the country. There is a battle for power. The only evidence we have in this case is they don't like Ken Paxton. And there is no doubt there have been hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of articles about Ken Paxton and how bad Ken Paxton is. Everybody has heard it, and guess what? The voters heard it too, and guess what? Ken Paxton won hands down resounding victory. He beat the latest in line for the bushes. That's where it is right there, folks. Let it be known. Let it be clear now. The Bush era in Texas ends today. Boom. We thought it had ended in the primary when Ken Paxton beat George P. Bush 68 to 32. Well, we thought it was over. It wasn't. Well, now we have an impeachment. It ends today. They can go back to Maine. This is Texas. So why are we here? We're here because Dave Phelan got his feelings hurt. He was so drunk, so drunk handling the house business, knowing full well that they had no evidence to support an impeachment and they hadn't done their homework. When Ken Paxton says, hey man, you embarrassed the devil out of yourself, you should resign, they sped up the process and impeached this man. You've seen the video, it's all over the internet. You know, my favorite author said, justice limps along, but gets there all the same. We should have never had to do any of this. I know in the fiber of my being that all of this foolishness that they've accused this man of is false. But the only question I have in my mind is whether there is courage in this room whether there is courage in this room to vote the way you know the evidence requires. Well, anyway, it goes on. But that was the main takeaway from that, which was beat down on the bushes. I have this little fun clip here of Neil Young. We know what a libtard Neil Young is. Well, Neil Young, had this is what he said back in Farm Aid 2000. Listen to this. Get the American farm and you go, uh, well, you know, that's a nice thing. It's kind of like, uh, 
It used to be kind of like a corner five and dime. It's just not around anymore, but it was beautiful while it was here. People look at farms and they go, a lot of people say, well, you know, that's the old way. I mean, it's just not working. That's why we don't have family farms. We, they're dying because it just doesn't work anymore. It's, it's, uh, it's old, you know. And those people, those people are, all need to remember that it's families who keep this country great. And it's, it's families who are going to take care of the land. And they're going to take care of the way the way they treat the land so that next year and the year after that the land comes back. It's a decision that's made around the kitchen table. It's not a decision that's made in the boardrooms of America and New York City and Chicago. It's, we got to take it back. We got to take it back. We got to get our choice back. We love you all. Well, you know, that's a far cry from when he boycotted Spotify because Joe Rogan came out and had an interview that promoted ivermectin, <laughs> right? I mean, what a fraud. What a total fraud that guy is. Absolutely. Neil Young. Neil Young. Well, we are nearing the end of our show. Um, there was this topic that we're going to cover it's called The Coming Collapse of the Global Ponzi Scheme. And basically, this is about this world that we're living in and the dollar uh, being replaced by, you know, by, uh, by the BRICS uh, different currencies and how sooner or long what happens with Ponzi schemes is they always run its course. Because at some point, it always runs out of money. And we're going to be covering that because there is a collapse coming. We don't know when. We don't know how. We definitely know why. But that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Scott Adams Show. And be sure to check out magapac.org, magapac.org, to find out how we're advancing America First policies to make America great again. A donation over at magapack.org helps keep the Scott Adams Show commercial free. We do this show for an hour every morning live, commercial free. And we want to keep it that way. We have a lot of opportunity for commercials, um, but we don't do them because we only have an hour and we want to get all the news that's fit the print to you. Also use Red State over at mypillow.com mypillow.com use red state as your promo code and with that we'll see you next time we're staying the rounds steeper and grab a shovel dig the hole a little deeper just to bury my kids right up to there